Dit is Paprika. Hallo, listeners. We are here for the podcast on Climate Smart Cities Investors Forum. We are the third day of the Green Tech. We just finished a great event with a fantastic panel, um, including two investors from Germany and the Netherlands, um, also three speakers from Footlock, Vertical Farm Institute, and Green Tech to talk about how do we bring urban design, urban planning with food production and to create crossover synergies to make circular city and green cities a reality. My name is Tiffany Tsui. I'm uh, uh, the chief strategy officer at Vertical Farm Institute. Uh, I'm the moderator of today and all my with me, I have four guests. Um, I will start with my, with my first guest. My first guest is Felix Gold. Felix, you are the CEO of DIE AG Investment Management. And as I understand, you are a lawyer by training, right? Yeah, former times I was a lawyer and, and tax advisor. And tax uh, advisor, yeah. And then fund manager, CFO at an investment boutique, and so on, so on forth. So you manage a lot of funds. Yeah, formerly I managed large uh, global invested real estate funds, and now I'm with DIAC and do portfolio management. Um, in a subsidiary of DIAC Group, who is in, which is a uh, project developer, Berlin-based. So in your work, in your life, the numbers are the number one importance, the financial performance, right? Pay, pay return on investment, financial reporting to your uh, stakeholders. Yes. What has changed? Yeah, it is same, it's still nearby the same goal, but it changed a little bit coming, coming out of the pressure we got in the investment market in the EU coming from regulation like uh, taxonomy, etc. And uh, people want to avoid more and more to have stranded assets. Sustainability comes more and more in the focus in real estate industry yeah. throughout every type of real estate asset classes. And this is something we put now on our agenda as well as DIAC. And uh, we want to create the world's most sustainable commercial area in Berlin by now. What's the name of the project? The project is the Behrensufer project. Mm -hmm. This is in the southeast axis of Berlin between city center and airport and Tesla in this triangle. Um, it's located directly on the riverside from River Spray. Very nice location. Uh, it was formed and it's a 100,000 square meter area and we are planning to have 230,000 square meters of letable area Currently for commercial purposes like office, uh, life science, laboratories and also let's say culture and, and, and uh, restaurants, etc. So driven by the new regulatory pressure, this project needs to fulfill very high uh, sustainability standards, right? Yeah, it was now our goal to, to, to fulfill more than just doing some, let's say, greenwashing or to do something like having some buildings uh, with, uh, with the sustainable labels like DNGB in Germany or you have a BREM or a LEED uh, certification. So uh, it is, we created, let's say, an, 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 an approach that we have, an holistic sustainability approach, uh, putting the um, human being or the people in the center of everything what we do. And uh, we don't want to put harm on outside our area, and we want to create as much as we can inside the area. That means 
our own energy production mm -hmm. and this means our own organic food production as well. Tell us maybe more about this energy production because that is, of course, uh, we are really at the critical juncture of uh, history and Germany is very much uh, at the forefront or yeah. urgency for this. So how does it work? Yeah, we created, uh, let's say, we uh, so-called integrated district energy concept, see uh, uh, um, this carbon neutral and uh, energy autonomous. So, and it combines several um, common ways and sustainable ways to produce energy, but we put them together in a an, in an, uh, format and in a concept uh, um, that we have, let's say, by now, by our plans uh, in fulfillment of 200% of the energy, we deliver 200% uh, of energy that we need for uh, for the own uh, site and we could, maybe we will deliver it to outside the property as well. And this combines, for example, um, energy from hydropower, so using the power of the river Spree with uh, Tesla to, uh, to, uh, engines. Uh, we uh, have energy from deep geothermal uh, heat yeah, with a drilling up four up to 5,000 meters deep. And uh, we have photovoltaic facade elements um, and um, some other um, combined uh, um, uh, sustainable energy sources. We everything is done on our own property are to deliver it to our tenants and maybe more. Let's see. Mm. Are you? Can you call yourself uh, completely independent? Yes. So this you is our goal to be completely independent. For, for sure, we have fallback solutions. If something happens, we have redundant systems. And if something happens on Bernsufer, yeah, we can, we can uh, take uh, energy supply like gas or uh, heating from outside. But uh, uh, in the normal base case scenario, everything comes from Bernsufer. It sounds uh, quite uh, utopia, isn't it? Yeah. The future city dream is already here. Yeah, with regards to to this uh, energy concept, it's not only the it's not from our point of view not utopia. So we worked over one and a half year together with Gazak, an energy supplier, and um, and, and they have an arm with uh, with. Um, with advisors, technical advisors on sustainable energy sources yeah. and together with Züblin, our general constructor and behind Züblin is the Strava group with mm -hmm. their specialists. We worked on the full set of um, energy concept and, and every single element of it. Uh, we worked it out over, as I said, over one year. Mm -hmm. So we have a full documentation, full plan and we are now in the planning stage concrete for every, uh, um, for every element we want to use here on this uh, That's also area. represent a complete different yeah. way of uh, looking at business model, isn't yeah. it? You that's right, yeah. So the, the energy concept is completely green? It's and completely how? green and, and, and uh, yeah, by this times now it's not, uh, this is, it's outstanding. Yes. Yeah. So do you see yourself being the rare ones or do you see that you are leading and then actually everybody or most of the Developers, investors in Europe has to follow you. Yeah, we see a little. We see uh, us as pioneers. Uh, if we come to the, con if together with the other aspects of sustainability, mm -hmm. uh, with regards to energy, we are not first mover with everything, every element we have in this concept. But to be energy autonomous, that is new. Yes. Um, if it's possible for everybody or for more for more investors or for more project developers depends on the development side etc pp some yeah in some kind you can do it in sometimes not we have here 
the possibility to create uh, the location of within, uh, with uh, 100,000 square meters of land. This is big enough to, as quarter, it's big enough to, to, to have this as, um, let's say, it's, it's big enough to, that you have this as energy autonomous, uh, not a test area, it is not a test. It's, we are pioneers, yes. but we can do this. Thank you. So we'll come back to the more specific uh, food role in this uh, sustainable plan. But then I'd like to turn my turn to my guest, Dick Fiemann. Dick, you are uh, uh, also a pioneer in food and politics. So you are expert on government regulations, uh, nitrogen policies, agro-policies, standard. Um, together we have talked about how regulation or standards driving big companies and the due diligence and transparency are changing business model. So when we hear with uh, what Felix is talking about, how do you relate it to the wider picture what we have been talking on agri-food? The interesting thing about uh, designing cities and redoing cities is that you, you really build them. So the physics needs to be all right. The biochemistry needs to be all right. Um, you, if you pretend you'll, you'll, you'll be autonomous in energy, it'll have to be all right. And you can't do um, what the European Commission did in stating uh, the Green Deal for uh, food production. Uh, they stated that 25% of organic uh, growth would enhance biodiversity. Well, that is not the case. It's a greenwashing variable. So that is where my criticism from, from standards stems from. Uh, there is a, well, there is a whole panoply of, of, of standards around. I showed it this morning, but there are hundreds and even more probably. Some stick, obviously, the ISO norms are very, very good standards. Um, but they're all basically instrumental. So what I'd like to advocate is real endpoints as we call it in nutrition, you need mm -hmm. a real endpoint. What is the blood pressure? What is the sugar level? Etc. Uh, Etc. Et that is something we we need to state. And then you need to, to well to do the real biology, the real biochemistry, the real physics. So if this is the endpoint, what is what what do we need to do to get it? And if we don't get there, we'll make mistakes. It is not a problem at all. But we'll monitor. And we'll 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 manage. We'll we'll redo it. We'll we'll make it better. So that is a way I think to do uh, to do standards. So uh, my criticism this morning in 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 in, uh, in the conference was there are a lot of standards around, and there is a lot of government money around, and that government money is Keynesian money uh, in the Green Deal. It's a lot of money. It's an awful lot of money. So. Uh, government will require companies to comply, but they don't have the standards. Actually, they are used to phony standards, to instrumental standards. So let's change that to real standards. And what are they about? Land use, water use, use of pesticides, chemical inputs, uh, the level of circularity. And, and probably that is basically it. Biodiversity, by the way, is very difficult to define. But that is basically it. So start out doing this and create a movement of companies creating value because I was really surprised today and uh, last week when Baufon said actually we earn too much money we want to create value 
Well, and then this morning, you show up telling me the same thing. So I thought, okay, I've missed something. The world has changed. <laughs> well, when you do the real design, uh, it, 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 I mean, it needs to be what it is. Otherwise, a building goes down and you won't have the energy. So it's bloody interesting, I think, to build, to, well, to, to drive uh, sustainability in a neighborhood, in a city design, yeah. because this is what people can really experience and a 1.8 degree or two, or do we allow for 2.3 or even 2.7 nobody knows what it means but if you build a city and you can see what it means to live sustainably and what it what you need to do to make it sustainable that is really interesting so in a way uh, i'm very enthusiastic about the idea of driving sustainability uh, by greening our cities and even greening, greening the land mm. uh, because there is an architectural challenge there as well. So is that an answer to your question, Tiffany? Yes, and then also uh, we don't, our guest uh, at a conference from Baufons, one of the biggest housing funds, unfortunately she, uh, the manager of sustainability cannot join us. Um, one of the projects BPD developed is the World Food Center, and you are also the ambassador of the World Food Center. Can you tell us on the topic of driving communities, what are you doing with the World Food Center? Where are you? That's interesting because, so it's an interesting project that started, and we've been talking, I think, for about five years already. Uh, what do we do from a content point of view? Because that is how they approach me. We need more content. And, um, well, they, so finally we decided to move over to Ada, to the old military facilities. There are, well, the, the beautiful buildings, the new buildings, Satyana showed this morning, that are there as well. Um, and uh, we were asked, so I'm an ambassador, we were there, we were one of the first tenants, and we were asked to, uh, on an assignment, create a paying community and then we said okay a paying community but we already have a lot of paying communities in the Netherlands so let's find out if they want another paying community there's always government money and private money and you sim simply cannot get rid of the organisms that stem from that but basically they all compete uh, but we managed to get them together and in the end uh, something and, and now it seems to be happening uh, we propose to make a media park out of it. so we, we have our, our, our media in Hilversum so create a kind of Hilversum to bring the message together and indeed to show what we are doing here so actually we turned the World Food Center into a Dutch food center showing what we are doing there to the rest of the world and the idea is to have startups at the World Food Center well they are they are pouring in now and show what you can do there because there is this experience the, the, the mm -hmm. World Food Center experience and that shows how you can go about uh, food there is no food production on site that is something that is lacking another thing that I don't like is that they uh, they cut down part of the wood to create living space. Is yeah. that okay? But okay, well, there are the trade-offs, but it's a start. Mm. And what it does is it brings things together. So that is what we try to do. And Daniel, you indeed you 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 have your thoughts on what I'm just what I just said. 
I think the animals are a lot, but because really the wolf is being filmed 300 meters away from our front door, which is incredible. So groceries are being delivered on your doorstep, restaurant meals are delivered on your, on your doorstep, and the wolf is just, just a bit further on. So. But what I don't like is that these animals obviously get afraid, so is that the way to do it? There I have my doubts. But it is, it is a starting integrality, and that is what I like, and that's what we, indeed we, we try to create. So on the topic of food production, let's turn back to Wipka, also from DIEG. You can tell us uh, what you do at the, the company, and then also tell us indeed how do you complete this circle of sustainability by bringing in the food and waste topic, and how does that can play a role in the community building? Yeah, at first, hi, I'm Wipka. I'm a working student uh, at DIEG in Berlin in the project development. And at first we created the idea of bringing vertical farming on the area. And then we were searching for solutions and we came to the point, if we really want to make it, we have to make it big and we have to make it in the right way. No greenwashing, because otherwise you can't change something. So we created this idea not of vertical farming, it's a vertical farming house uh, with different uses. So there's a vertical farming production um, and it's uh, uh, the production um, is going directly to the gastronomy and to the supermarkets. Um, we have got uh, vertical farming research with different universities, startups and research institutes, for example. Uh, we have normal office buildings in there, mm -hmm. of course, a kindergarten and a workshop for disabled persons because we have to educate our children for our food production, what they eat, how these things uh, are produced. And um, in this house, I think if we're putting all this together, um, we can make it work and of course, there's the idea of return on investment, but that's not the main point, because you want to have long tenants, and this area is made for the tenants and not made for return on investment, because otherwise, how I already said it, uh, nothing would change. And maybe this is going to be to the public, so this can be standardized for other project developers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So that's the idea behind the vertical farming at the Berenson Farm. Very good. So that this, we also have a lot of debate during Green Tech about uh, completely rethinking the business model of food. Because Dick, of course, is an expert on the food world. The business model is here in the Netherlands, food producers produce the maximum quantity, most efficiently, cheapest. So that has to change. Because if well, they food, do, they they make good food. They're good food. No, yeah, not food. No, but, no, but, that's but, not. But still, they produce very efficiently. They, that's they the produce, business model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They need to have low cost, high quality. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. But uh, if you look at the, the new model, is food has other values, and indeed, how do you capture that? Who pays for it? And it also requires complete rethinking. If food is even a basic human right, healthy food. If government make that regulatory, and then that's a basic amenities like water and electricity provided by the asset manager to tenants, not as additional, you pay more to be healthy. No, that's part of your basic right. That's a different way of thinking about it, isn't it? And what the Dutch do is they produce. We we export uh, 
over 90% of our tomatoes, cucumbers, yeah. uh, pepper bells, and we export the largest quantities to Germany. And uh, in your Berlin area, we won't export anymore. So the whole image will change. Where do you produce? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Now yeah. I turn to Daniel. Daniel, you are the CEO of Vertical Farm Institute. You are a, a, a dreamer. The, the being dedicated your life to reinventing, to re well, to introduce food production as a structural element of the cities. So, tell us mm. why do you so firmly believe that has to be the has to work, it will work. Before I answer that question, I would like to pick up two or three things because now we are touching something completely or incredibly new, also in architecture and urban design. When you talk about value. This is something that has to be transported into a design proposal. So it's about aesthetics. Yeah? Aesthetics is one of the most important elements of sustainable architecture because the moment when uh, the tenants or the people don't accept, let's say, a new aesthetic, the form of the building, functionality, etc., etc., mm. it will be turned down in 15 or in 20 minutes. Yeah, not minutes, not that fast, but in years. Yeah? yeah. And one of the biggest part of the energy consumption in buildings is the embodied energy um, of the building material. Yeah. The other thing is we are also touching, especially on that uh, project, we are touching something what could disburden something what actually happened in 1929. Le Corbusier, one of the greatest architects, also for me, of course, but he came up with a proposal in the Congress International de l'Architecture Moderne, which we are still suffering. So the detachment of the functions in a city, which are, by the way, only interconnected with traffic. So the moment when we rethink that and we come up with multifunctional, not just multifunctional building, but a multifunctional city again, mm -hmm. we are creating so many positive externalities, which actually give us a thrive for a real good architectural development. And the third thing is, um, yes, um, I hope I'm no longer a dreamer because um, we investigated so many things in what actually could be feasible uh, from a business uh, level on one side, but on the other side, when I'm coming back about the social acceptance again, the vertical farm can do something what is absolutely needed. It can bring back transparency to the food sector. Mm. Nobody knows where actually the food is coming from. You highlighted it uh, today, for instance. Yeah, I also remember um, my parents had a hotel and I had a discussion with another child um, around the mountains. He was absolutely shocked because um, uh, the cows uh, are not purple. Yeah? It's not a milk cow, now it's a different cow. So this create, bringing back this transparency, not just in the, in the meaning of a transparent building envelope, but you're passing by, yeah? for instance, you're moving from your apartment to your office and you're passing by a vertical farm where you actually get your food. And you have the possibility to walk in, talk to the producer and ask him, how are you doing it? This actually is not just creating value, but it also is a task for the, uh, the development of a new estate. Yeah? So the vertical farm itself, um, as I envision it as a structural element, it's not just this production entity, but it's the implosion of the food supply chain and there must be a very specific, um, well-reflected percentage of that building what should be accessible at least on a semi-public level. This creates trust 
this creates, uh, let's say, sustainability, and it also is, uh, perhaps I can conclude with that, perhaps that building needs an additional risky decision. Perhaps a specific percentage of that building will be activated for food production on a very experimental level, so somewhere between utopia and, uh, uh, I just call it the Humboldt University research entity, yeah. where actually you have the opportunity to test something new. We heard it so many times at Greentech, yeah, we are good in producing leafy greens, but nobody wants to eat, uh, I just I didn't want to say leafy greens, but lettuce, yeah, but nobody wants to eat uh, 40 heads of lettuce to get your 2,000 kilocalories. Yeah? So there is a lot of improvement still going on, but if it's an integrative part of the city, and if you really have the possibility, thinking about that building as perhaps a three-dimensional city, where a part is super highly economically driven, yeah? you're producing X amount of quantity, what actually the restaurants or tenants also need, then you have this space in between as a research and development area, and then perhaps there is something I don't have an idea for that, but it's free for additional development. I don't know whether you highlighted once, yeah, we know about you. Yeah. We simply have to start now. Yeah. And if we start, we see, okay, this works. This is, uh, this. these are the goals we can quantify. Perhaps these are some um, values where we see, okay, this is a huge mistake, whether in our calculation or in, in our assumptions, and you simply change it, yeah? And the more flexible the building is constructed or concepted, the more flexibility we have to really make it resilient for the next 10, 20 or 30 uh, years. Thank you, Daniel. On that remark, any uh, question from Dick? A remark? In, in, so the first cities were farms, in fact. And the mm -hmm. hunter-gatherer settled. Yep. The farm was the first city. Uh, so, in, in, in fact, this multifunctional city is reinventing the first city. It's reinventing the farm. Yes. In yeah. a way. True. We are really. So that is that is what it. Well, yeah. what would you make me think of? Mm -hmm. yeah. There is no language. There is no city without the Neolithical. Yeah. We are happy that our ancestor got lazy to run around the woods, looking for animal, wild animals or berries or whatnot. There was one who actually said, now let's just <coughs> cultivate that what we find in nature. Yes. And we changed nature into culture. Absolutely. We be proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, it's a nice philosophical conclusion, yes? Yeah, and so now you need to bring in the physics, in the biophysics. Yes, uh, the science. What, 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 so what, what can we produce in a city? Um, yesterday I, I evoked uh, von Thunen. We, we talked about mm -hmm. the German. Do you, you, you're Germans, and I learned yesterday from your fellow countrymen that you still still learn uh, when you are in college about von Thunen. Is that correct? So I didn't learn about him. Um, so he well, maybe I just don't recognize it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an economist, an, yeah. an agricultural economist, and mm -hmm. so he has his system of kaizen, of circles around the city, and mm. what you produce around the city, so the, the medieval mm. sister, city is mm. what they call Le Marais in, in, in Paris, mm. uh, you, it's horticulture. Mm. 
And then a bit further on, uh, the animals you send out to the wild land, that is where they eat. They come home at night and they poo and you use the dung to fertilize your horticulture. So that is a whole system and I think we need to rethink that. And for me the big question is, um, you can do indeed the, le the leafy stuff and you can do the veg vegetables in a city, but you'll never do the wheat. It's impossible because it needs a lot of land. Um, you, can't, you can do, uh, you can breed chickens and pigs in a city. For Jewish people, uh, a pig is, uh, is not kosher because yeah. it was the animal of city people. And they, were, they were herding. Uh, so that is one of the stories. That is why they, they, mm -hmm. they, they, they walked around Jericho and they were pig people city people. So a pig feeds on what we don't eat anymore. Uh, but can you do that? So I think we even have to move on and think what is the protein we can make in a city because cultivating proteins yes. in a city is very difficult and cultivating carbohydrates is very difficult in a city. Okay, and proteins I think indeed you can, you can produce them in a city but that'll be in, uh, they'll be produced probably by bacteria. Yeah. And they can even decompose, so they can even have bacteria can be used in the role of a pig. And that is the kind of experiment uh, I think we need to bring into cities as well. So if we're talking about this, the carbohydrates, which are, which are our staple food, won't come from the city. That is, in, I, I can't imagine that it yeah. is feasible. Proteins, yes, it is. And you can create them just as you can create flies from, uh, from stale vegetables. Uh, that is something you can produce in a city and you can even produce bacteria-produced salmon, for example. So there's still a lot, long way to go in the topic of climate neutralness. Von Thunen, we need to reinvent Von Thunen. Daniel's way, that is something, and you need to think about that as well. <laughs> so with that, uh, we can have a last minute, because uh, as co-initiators, we started this uh, bridging between urban design and uh, food production, and we will continue the coming year, at least to uh, build a community and knowledge and discussion leading to the 2023 Green Tech. Um, would you like to share a few words on the programming, potentially, that for the coming Period oh, I wasn't prepared to, to do the programming. No. Okay, then we can <laughs> so, skip that. No, 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 there is an answer. There is an answer because I didn't ask a question this morning. And I think we need to learn. And, and you, you are an inventor and a dreamer. And now you, you, you start realizing something together. Uh, probably it's around in other places in the world as well. So what I'd like to know is how can we learn together? Because it's about creating value. Yeah. That is something you create locally. So how to learn from one another, what to do. And that would be, I think, an important topic. So the Fontune and 21st century, but also how do we do the learning and how do we do the learning in a way that we have a universal taxonomy so that we can really learn. Otherwise, the variables won't be, uh, won't be comparable. So thank you very much. On that note, I would uh, like to conclude our podcast Thank you very much for the participant, my guest, and for the listeners. And uh, 
See you next time. Thank you for being our moderator, Tiffany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> bye bye. This is Paprika. Tasty Radio.